0: Welcome back to the Legacy Builder Podcast, where it is our job to talk about all things related to small businesses and help deconstruct some of the main pieces that can uh, help improve your small business. Uh, Even if you are not a small business owner, there are things that you can take away from this podcast to elevate your personal life, your family life. So we encourage anybody that's looking for improvement to tune into this podcast and uh, and to learn more. Uh, Today, we are going to be talking about how to take your business from what most small businesses are doing to separate yourself and and, and and, uh, evolutionize your business to that next level. And we have with us today Al Bennett, who is a planning consultant at Ascent Financial. And Al, this is such a broad topic that we're gonna get into. And as we were preparing for this podcast, we're trying to think about how do you, how do you break all this down into bite-sized pieces? And really what we wanna talk about is, is how to set up a process for a small business to get objective feedback. Most small businesses do not have that. They get feedback from their spouse, or their kids, or maybe some employees, um, or if they have a bad experience with a customer or a client. But their their engagement with other professionals usually relates to talking with their accountant once a year or twice a year, talking with their attorney every couple of years, maybe a, a vendor or two. They don't really have a good feedback channel. And we're noticing that here coming out of 2020, this is such an important piece. And those businesses that are dedicating themselves to improving that feedback channel are accelerating much faster than those that aren't. And they're making the corrections that, that others aren't. And as we, as we get into this, we're gonna be talking about governance. We're gonna be talking about setting up a board for your business. And when we say board, that, that can be a pretty scary uh, statement, but we want to take a step back as well and, and bite this into pieces and ta- start talking about even just an advisory board and we're going we're gonna to get into that here more. So Al, as we get into this topic, um, why would a business want to set up a process for better feedback and why would they want to consider setting up a board? Sure, great question, Jared. Well, if you
1: think about some of the groups we worked with over the years and it's not uncommon for us to initiate the conversation with the current CEO, the current leader of the business. And usually one of the questions I ask during a personal interview is what kind of feedback do you get? And you know, they might say something like, "Well, I'm making money or my business is profitable or I think I'm doing a pretty good job or you know, my metrics are on par with the market or whatever." And it's not that. It's it's really a much deeper question. You know? How do you know you're doing really Great. And what are you doing that's going to keep you kind of out in front of the rest of the pack? And there is the era, of course, like when Grandpa was the one that was in charge, where, well, he was the entrepreneur and he was the decision maker. And to him, feedback was what he thought of, or, you know, kind of, it's my idea, it's my company, I'm going to run it the way I want to. And while that worked for Grandpa, as you move down a generation and get to dad, uncle, or, you know, maybe there's four brothers working together you get this diversity of opinion mm-hmm. and different perspectives and a higher probability of conflict. And not that you know, more can't be better, but what if you really truly, as you indicate trying to grow the business, make it successful, what if you were to invite in outside perspective or outside opinion? And maybe an outside perspective that's way different than anyone in your current owner's group. And that's what led us to this conversation about, well, what if there was some sort of a board or group of people to advise the business? I think we wanna be careful when we talk about boards that we don't, as you indicate, frighten people off. Mm -hmm. Um, We're not saying that you're gonna have this massive set of directors and you're gonna have to compensate them wildly, you're gonna fly them in from across the country for a three-day workshop. Um, No, this is more about how do you surround yourself with really brilliant people? to help you be more successful. And the base level it can start at, as you indicated, is simply an advisory board where you would select a group of people, and it might be for a given project, maybe you're going to do an expansion of the business, maybe you're looking at a serious capital investment, Um, rather than hope that you're making the right decision. What if you brought some experts together? gave them some base financials, talked to them about your personal mission and your core values, and then challenged them to come back and report to you about their opinion. Is this a good move for me or not? And again, it's, they're just giving you advice. Right. And you reserve the right to say, well, I appreciate the work that you did, but I see it differently or I disagree. Yep. Just because they did all the recon doesn't mean that it defaults to their conclusion but rather you really are truly curious that perhaps there's a better way of looking at it.
0: Yep, yep, absolutely. So we're talking about here taking it from a step where a lot of businesses, business owners will have an entity set up. And when that attorney drafted their entity docs, they wrote language in there for a board. And a lot of small businesses until you take it more, make it more official, you have yourself and your wife or your spouse Mm -hmm whoever it is, serve on the board. And you have to have an annual meeting once a year to satisfy the attorney, and then you say you would had it, then you put it away, and but you don't really do anything. What we're talking about here, it sounds like, is taking it and making it a real board where you have a purpose for it. How do you decide whether or not you're ready to, to create a board? What are some of the indicators out there?
1: Well, again, I would see it that, and much to say that I got the call from someone that said, would you consider being part of a board for mm-hmm. my business? Well, my first question would be, what's your purpose? Right. I mean, I'll come, I'll show up, but you know, can you tell me what the purpose of this board is? You know, yeah. what is it you want us to do? what's the the outcome? And again, if it's making a decision about a major move in the business, maybe there's a pending lawsuit and you're looking for, you know, how do we manage this? How do we deal with it? Um, maybe it's on the on the level of compensation, you know, maybe, you just hired you know, your, your son or daughter and, and you don't want to get in the middle of your family as far as how they're compensated. And so why don't we put together a group of people to give you advice about compensation?
0: Yep, it seems like when the clients that we've worked with in the past, when they've wanted to put together a board, and here we're talking about an advisory board, which is more of the, the uh, basic stepping stone into a, a fiduciary board, which is you know, more serious and, and out there. A lot of times the business owners have reached out to us because they're starting to go through a phase of their business that they haven't been through before, or they, they don't have experience mm-hmm. on. A lot of small business owners are really good if they're in home building, they're really good at building houses. If they're in agriculture, they're really good at growing crops or growing pigs. Um, You know, they're okay at managing employees and and building another barn or buying the next piece of ground. But if all of a sudden you gotta really start questioning your strategy, or you do have that next generation coming into the business, or or the markets are changing on you, that's when it seems like a lot of the people are saying, it's time to start getting objective feedback into a business.
1: Another excuse or another reason I've seen for consideration of a board, there it is, Where I'm working with the CEO and he's got a business he's built from the ground up. He understands it intimately and kind of has a vision for the future and he's looking over his shoulder at the next generation, excited about their potential, but not yet comfortable with handing the reins over. You know, sort of like, I can see potential there, but boy, if something happens to me, I think the business might be in jeopardy. Yep. If there was opportunity to maybe consider a board being the bridge if you will between the generations where the ceo can be a member of the board for that matter he can chair the board for a number of years but that he again surrounds himself with people that are highly skilled uh, bring tremendous business competency and value and he has the next generation in the room at the same time but that they're having conversations that align with the basic culture of the business. Mm-hmm. They help the outside people understand kind of where we're pointing to this thing and what success really looks like. But at the same time, they're educating the next generation. And messages sometimes that maybe dad can't deliver, that director next to him or the advisor next to, the, to that leader can. Um, and I've had, actually had successors say, I have no idea what dad's talking about. And I'll, I'll say the same thing or explain it in a different way. And, and they'll say, this is the first time I really understood it. Mm-hmm. But we let them ask the questions, even if they've asked them three times before, and we'll try different ways of explaining it until we know they have their understanding. And that's sometimes the role of a, of a member of an advisory board is again, to kind of build that bridge between the generations keep the business healthy, but yet kind of help mentor these inbound future owners.
0: You bet, absolutely. So from a business owner, I understand, and there's an indicator going off saying, I need more objective feedback. Uh, I, this one person cannot take this business through the next phase by myself. We need to start getting other people weighing input in here. so you've, so you've indicated that yes, you need a board. You, if you've under, understood the why around it as well, um, that's great. You know, if it's the reason of transition plan, changing in business strategy, technology, the markets, um, fantastic, that sounds like that's, that's kind of step number two, you gotta have your why. So you've had this idea. How the heck do you sell this to your, your family or any other stakeholders in the business? Mm-hmm. Because this can be a little scary. This is new, uncharted territory.
1: It, it's a different way of doing business, yeah. you know, to be honest with you. But if you think of larger organizations, again, where we've got multiple families, and as you know, the biggest landmine for them is communication. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where we see these businesses get in trouble. Well, as soon as you bring in outside people, you start to temper that a bit. Um, You've got people that perhaps have been part of larger businesses or been through this, kind of, you know, what I want to say, kind of been down this path before. They understand the importance of the communication piece and maybe even before the advisory board you're looking at something as simple as a family council. Where you've got members of the family who maybe even aren't involved in the business directly but their their major role is to inform the rest of the family what's going on here Mm -hmm. and you know what's the next major step for this business and imagine if you will that and i'm thinking of a business that that you're aware probably where there was like 40 families if you can believe it involved in this family-owned business well again the biggest risk to the business was communication because you had people that had a financial stake in it but nobody knew what was going on so they formed they appointed a family council where members went to a meeting and their job was to be a delegate, to learn what was going on, to have an awareness of the business and its direction, its potential, then go back to their family and share that news in a professional ethical fashion. So again, as businesses grow, we see different needs or different values in, in doing what we're talking about here today.
0: Yeah, so how do you decide what role your board needs to play because that can be wide ranging.
1: Absolutely, I think it's driven by again, kind of where your business is at and where you perceive it to be going and also what I call the stage or phase that you're in as the owner. Um, If you are, let's say that you're 65 years old, you've got a successor inbound, you're fully aware that they've got potential, but again, they're not prepared to take over the business and you're concerned about your health or you're concerned about how much runway you've got left, well you might say to yourself, I don't have enough time to mentor this successor up to my level, and so I need to have, you know, somebody else come in to, you know, be a part of this or sit next to me and kind of become that surrogate yep. you know, yep. for me. Uh, that could be one reason. The other thing I think, Jared, is when you watch kind of all the change that we're experiencing even today, be it with, you know, all the stuff we got going on with people now working from home rather than going into an office or the threat of the next pandemic or what it is, whatever it is, again, how do you bring people in that have some expertise in that area could could give you maybe perspective you don't have to deal with that change? Because one thing we're sure of is that change is constant. There's going to be the next challenge over the next horizon and if you're the owner and you're starting to say, I'm, I'm thinking more about retirement or I'm thinking more about slowing down and you're looking for that next person to carry some water for you. Yep. Again, if your successor's not prepared and you're getting weary, perhaps that's the time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it, 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 we gotta remind people that if an advisory board is set up, it is set up to serve the CEO. It is, it is there to serve the organization, not vice versa. The advisory board should be selected strategically to help in the areas of the business uh, that need focus. For example, if, if you're an agricultural-based company, if you're a farm, um, and you're looking at changing your, your product delivery uh, to the marketplace, maybe it's, it's time to get someone on your advisory board who's good in supply chain or logistics. Um, or or technology, for example, things that, as an owner, you just just don't have those skill sets.
1: Well, and certainly know that anyone you would consider to be part of your board would come in with what we call some duties, and one would be a duty of care, you know? I mean, they gotta care about this business as much as you do, and a duty of loyalty. I mean, they're coming in, pledging their loyalty to your business, to your mission, to your vision. So it's not like you're attracting, you know, people that are gonna harm you. Um,
0: you have to have people with those two duties as really, really high priority. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And as you keep looking at your business, these individuals have to serve that, that duty of care and, and, and that role. Um, what, what do you need to communicate to, this, to the advisory board individuals? Because you can't just go out and start asking people to be on your board. First they're gonna say, well, what do I do? How often do we meet? Uh, What compensation is provided to us? Uh, What are you you gonna be asking of me? What can I say? What can't I say?
1: There is one step before that, Jared, I think is important for us to talk a little bit about, and that's if you are the CEO, why would you not do this? Mm -hmm. I mean, before you even go shopping for people to be a part of this, why would you maybe not do that? And some of what we sometimes hear is, Well, the reason I got into this business was I wanted to be my own boss, or I wanted to have control, or I wanted to, you know, whatever, and to help people over that hurdle of, this is not about taking anything away from you. Uh, This is about making your business better and providing long-term opportunity and truly keeping this a legacy business. But we have had CEOs say to us, you know, well, okay, so I put this board together, can they fire me? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, what's the risk in this? Well, in theory, again, it's not about you, it's about the business, and the business is long-term success. And let's be honest, if there's reasons that you should be fired, maybe your issue isn't getting a board. I mean, you may want to look (laughs) in the mirror here. But again, if, if you get to the point where the CEO has some comfort, or at least curiosity about putting together a board, imagine yourself on the other side of the table where you are the potential board member or one of the potential directors Your phone rings and it's the CEO and he's saying, I'm thinking about putting this group together. Well, think of the questions that you're gonna have. And and you you listed some of them kind of like, well, why are you calling me? What are your expectations? What skill set do I have that would be of value to you um, if we're gonna meet? Is this a quarterly obligation you're asking me for? Is it an all day meeting? Um, Are we just gonna meet once a year? Um, Again, what's our purpose? Why am I doing this? Why do you want me to be a part of this? So the other thing we haven't touched on is the resistance of being creative or to reach kind of outside for board members. And by that, I mean, if I'm the CEO and I'm thinking I'm gonna get three or four or five people around me to make my business better, well, the very last thing I wanna do is call my buddies. Right. And say, I'm looking for my friends to get together and help me feel good about myself or feel good about my business. And not that you wanna have a group of detractors surrounding you, but you truly want professional people that have had experience sharing wisdom, working their way through projects, and actually not afraid to disagree with you. Yes. I mean, that's really what you're asking for is, if there's someplace I'm wrong, or I'm looking at this in a fashion that's gonna do harm, let me know, say something right. to me. And really good directors will do that.
0: What was it, was it, uh, was it President Kennedy who had was his cabinet, was turned into a bunch of yes men. And he figured that out and no one was giving him true feedback. And, right. and you know, that's not what you want when you set up your board. You want people that are going to challenge you, that are going to help bring you to new levels. And, and you're, you're right. We've seen it where small businesses will get together twice a year, three times a year with their accountant, their attorney, some of the other uh, professionals that they work routinely with. And unless the right environment is created, those professionals are really scared to give feedback because they Mm -hmm. don't want to lose that recurring business that they've already had. They're saying, well, what's the benefit of me telling you if you're doing something wrong? Because I might lose all the other business outside of that board relationship.
1: Right, right, and then know that whoever it is you might draft or you might find um, and this we learned when we went to the, uh, the conference in Washington D.C. is really good directors never get on a board and stay on a board. Right. They just don't. Um, you look at some of the biggest Fortune 500 companies that we have, you'll see if you look at the directors that are there, you'll see that typically none of them are there more than maybe six, seven, eight years and they move on to the next board. You know, again, if they're a really valued director, so
0: you don't you, you don't know, want board members to be on the board for forty plus years, like in government.
1: No, I honestly, I really do honestly want term limits coming in the door. Yeah, I want to harvest some value from you. I want you to help me take my business to the next level, but then again, I'm going to recreate this thing. Right. And I want people around me that understand the, the importance of being fresh and being current and being relative to the market.
0: Absolutely, and some of the most effective boards that we've seen, they have rotating seats that they come available. Yes. And it's not always a complete changing of the guard every four years, it, 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 it rotates. Otherwise so there's always fresh blood, new ideas, new perspectives coming in the door. And as your business then grows and develops, you can look for people to help serve on the board at that time that best serves your business then and now.
1: Well, and I don't wanna lose what you just said, Jared, about the importance of not kind of flipping a board, where what's to say, again, if the target were to have, you know, a board of five, where that it's you and four other people, and then in three years, it's you with four new people. Right. But rather the first day that the board meets, you know, you've got those four people. Well, one person's term is one year, the next person's term is two years, the next person's term is three years or whatever and then it rotates such that every year, perhaps one director is stepping office and another one stepping in. Yep. Absolutely. So again, it's not a bad idea to have fresh blood, but to do a total flush at any one time is gonna be pretty confusing.
0: Think about that, if you were a year ago, two years ago, if you were a, a, a business owner, business continuation planning, for example, might not be on top of your list. But right. now coming through 2020, if you have a board seat opening up, maybe that's something that's a that's a person that you're going to help fill to say we got to have a have a better plan in place if we have other interruptions in the future, or emergency disaster plan, and always having that new perspective of this is what we need now for our business going forward for the next couple of years to help meet our goals. Um, that's just that just helps keep that moving forward versus just mm-hmm. having this board uh, kind of die out on the vine,
1: right? And as you indicate, you know, there's I mean, change is just constant anymore and, and much more, we wanna say the, the pace of change is simply accelerating. If you're the CEO and your pathway to success has been doing what you did last year or five years before, you're probably gonna make yourself obsolete. Yep. If you, again, surround yourself with really high-talented, really intelligent people that are offering you constructive feedback and challenging ideas and whatnot, it's gonna provide you and your business with a higher probability of remaining relevant, remaining profitable.
0: Yep, and let's touch on compensating these board, sure. these board members, I mean, are, is does the business owner have to expect to uh, to sell a kidney or refinance their business to afford this?
1: Well, one of the biggest, you know, probably mistakes I, I think that we learned out of the conference we were at was that far too often it's the first question people ask. If I'm gonna get, have a board, if I'm gonna bring people in, if I'm gonna have experts, what do I have to pay them? And every presenter we saw said it should be the very last question you ask, not the first. Yep. And some of the things we learned was that, first of all, really, really good directors that you want as part of your board are not coming for the money. right? You know, They don't need the money, or that's not their motivator. They're really there to help you in your business. And one of the great stories that was shared was uh, it was a Decent-sized business, and he put together a board, and he he told them up front that he really valued their time, and that in this case is a pretty big number. But he he said, "I'm going to have four quarterly meetings, and I pay you $7,500 per meeting." Again, do the math; that's that's pretty decent compensation for a director. This was a sizable company, yep. but what he offered them was, "I'll either pay you $7,500 a meeting, or." I will pay you $15,000 a meeting if you indicate to me what charity you want me to donate it to. And he said, I'm proud to announce that today with my board, every single one of them gets $15,000 a meeting. Yeah. And I donate it to the charity of their choice. He wanted to make the point again, that people that are coming to be a part of a ward, a really good board are not there for the money. Yep. That said, you can't expect people to come for free. Um, They recommend if you think of what value might that person have in the industry or in their given profession, and how much time are you asking them to commit, that that might be a barometer of where you start for compensation. Obviously, the the things you're gonna do for them is if you meet out of town or if you're gonna, you know, overnight them or whatever that you're picking up all the expenses for them. You don't wanna make them being part of your board a burden or a financial consequence to them. Uh, but again, don't make the compensation the primary tripwire. It should be the last one, not the first one.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And the business should be looking at this from a perspective that they will get a return on this. Um, it's an investment. It really is. And don't lead with that. We, we have some businesses that I know that pay their advisory board members a couple hundred dollars per meeting. It, it doesn't need to be extravagant, but just make sure that you're on the same page with the board members, that everyone is is on par and that they are motivated to deliver that they're prepared for an upcoming meeting that they've read the notes they have thoughts put together and you know that's the that's the that's the primary thing there's a lot of people out there that have had significant success in in business and now they're at a point in their life where they want to give back uh... they're not looking at it for doing it for the money They have money or they have other resources, they're looking for this to uh, to help fill it a different, uh, you know, void in their life right now, and that's that's that giving back.
1: Right, right. And I know we're about out of time, Jared. You know, we've just kind of danced around this topic on the outside about an advisory board. We've not touched on what we would call a fiduciary board, where if you're a director on the board, you actually have a legitimate vote, such right. that when topics come up, you know, there's a motion made, a second, and you can vote it up or down. Um, at some point we know we'll get into that discussion about what a fiduciary board might look like.
0: Yeah, an advisory board is truly simply a, a board that advises to the business. They cannot fire the CEO, they can't fire family members. Um, they simply provide feedback. And that's what we're trying to help understand is that it can be a nice first stepping stone. And it's, and it's one that a lot of businesses will stay at for quite a while. They don't necessarily need to go to a, a fiduciary board. Um, it, we, you've shared the story before that last year we took a couple of clients to Washington, D.C. to the private governance summit that helps family businesses uh, set up boards, talk about boards. And as we were leaving and departing Washington, D.C., as we talked to some of the clients that we brought with us, uh, we asked them, you know, what, what's the main takeaway that, you, that you've taken here from here? And they said, everyone that we've talked to, at this conference, just either during happy hour or lunch, was that if they set up a board, they don't regret it. Mm-hmm. They are glad they did it, and if they just wish they did it sooner. Right. And you yeah. shared that story of that family that, that talked at the conference where they put their balance sheet up for everybody to see. For a couple of years, it was you know a little bit of growth, but once they put a board in place, It took off.
1: And that's the potential. That's the payback from a really good board.
0: You hope it's that hockey stick. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Al, um, this was probably the first of a couple sessions that we're talking about boards. Um, Hope that we've uh, covered some of the basics of it and that people understand now more about the advisory boards and understand the, the importance and the benefit. So thank you so much for your time today and look forward to talking with you again. Thank
1: you.